0: Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare dot com slash weight loss. shake mm-hmm. it up stop when the clock is thirteen? Sing one, two, three, four, cut, cut, cut. Welcome back to Fight Like a Girl. I'm Rav, and with me is the gorgeous Ella, and we are back. How was your Freedom Week, Ella?
1: Hello, it was so good, so good.
0: Tell me everything. What just did you get up to? it
1: felt weird. A leaving my LGA and not feeling like a criminal. Um, it felt weird sitting in a bar
0: and getting waited on. <laughs>
1: like all these luxuries that we just took
0: for granted Um, did you feel like people were checking your vaccination status when you were going to restaurants and stuff
1: uh yes some not all though i think there's still been a couple one or two places that i walked into that they just seemed bless them like a bit overwhelmed and it was like because they've you know they've got to check a your check-in on the app and your vaccination status and i guess they're also like have to be hyper aware of how many people they're letting in and all of the you know rules around the square meterage and stuff so i feel like it's a it's a lot for these poor people to to all do at once so definitely some places um they didn't look at the vaccination status what about you
0: yeah i got out and about on friday night i didn't really go too hard the rest of the weekend because i was pretty dead after that <laughs> <laughs> baby steps yeah exactly i've met up with some friends from work who i'd never met in person before oh nice! and it was so weird seeing them face to yeah. face because i've only ever seen them from the shoulders up and they were so tall <laughs> oh really and you're already tall yeah i was envisioning them they were guys but i was envisioning them to be like I don't know why, just not that tall. Yeah, and they were huge, and I was just like, "Oh, this is so bizarre, it's so like, weird,
1: isn't it?" Particularly like when you—that's your life with the remote working, and then yeah. you just meet, and you're like, "I did not inter- It's like when you see a celebrity who's either really short or really
0: tall, and you're just like, "This is not what I imagined." Yeah, absolutely. So it was—it was really fun. We kind of started off in Darling Harbour for anyone who's from Sydney um, and is a, is familiar with the area and. Kicked on to Surrey Hills and I got home at like four, Oof, I think. Nice. And, yeah, I was paying for it the rest of the weekend, but no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, coming out of lockdown has been really, really exciting, like you said, just the little things that we took for granted before. Um, I still have some concerns about like the Queensland side of things because, mm. As, like you, I've got family in Queensland and I know Anastasia Palaszczuk this week sort of released a bit of a roadmap as well as to when we can expect to potentially go back to Queensland. But I'm just, you know, it, it's still quite daunting thinking about it because for me all of my family is there. I don't have any family here either, yeah. right? And I just feel like I'm really thankful that up until this point They've all been, like, really healthy mm. because I had a friend from work who had her grandma pass away and she's in Victoria, like my friend is in Victoria, and her grandma was, like the funeral for her grandma was in Queensland and she couldn't go. Mm. So it's it's pretty crazy, right, like oh, when you goodness. think about it that way. And that's a grandparent. So I, you know, have just been so thankful that my parents have been okay during this time. Um, And it did, though, get me thinking about just, like, the morality of parents Mm -hmm. and how we kind of gloss over that sometimes or don't really think about it too much. And I know for you, Ella, you lost your dad quite suddenly when when you were younger Mm -hmm. Um, and it is one of those things that people don't often talk about. Or for me being your friend, I know I've told you, like, I don't know how to talk about it with you. So, um, you know, I think it's really important to talk about stuff like this, especially as we get older because I think we are kind of getting to that age where, you know, parents either start getting sick or you just don't know when things can kind of happen. You know what I mean? So I just want to say before we kick off, like, thank you for being open to talking about it because I'm sure it's a lot.
1: Thanks, Rav. No, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that I have sadly noticed over the last, you know, eighteen months with COVID. A lot a lot more friends of mine are experiencing loss. Their, you know, parents of one of their parents has passed away, whether that be Overseas or here or whatever, and it's just made made me acutely aware that it's it's sort of as you said it's the it's the time for a lot of people where it's sort of sort of at that age where it's starting to you know starting to happen. And I, as you've already sort of said, unfortunately had uh, did lose a parent um, when I was a bit younger, Um, and I know a lot of people don't necessarily know how to the people going through it don't know how to respond with that grief, and also the people who are you know, friends with that person or in relation with, relationship with that person also don't know how to approach mm. it, just as you sort of said before. So I think um, it serves as a, like, you know, good reminder to maybe talk about that and um, share my experience so maybe it helps other people who are going through something similar.
0: So probably a great place to start would be tell us about your dad and tell us about your relationship with him.
1: Oh, my dad. So I know um, I always like to preface this by saying, I know that when someone passes away we tend to romanticize them as a person and romanticize those memories and things like that but with my dad like he genuinely was an amazing man and we, we had a like wonderful relationship yeah he was just um this larger than life character his name was Mike he was just this larger-than-life character um, and, you know, could chew the ear off anyone, i would often go down to, you know, the local shops with him in our little hometown of Sanford and you'd get stuck there for an hour and a half while he spoke to some random person he met, the sh- you know, in the checkout or whatever and it was just like, you know, you knew that if you went down to the shops with Dad that you wouldn't be coming home for a couple of hours even though it was like a five-minute trip. Yeah. So sorry. he was, um, yeah, very gregarious um, just lovely man. And, you know, I'm lucky I got 18 years with him. So.
0: So you, so you were 18 when he passed away? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you share a little bit about, if you're comfortable talking about it, you know, what happened on the day that you lost your dad?
1: Yeah. I mean, as is always the case with these awful sudden things, it was just sort of like a normal nice day, um, in February. It was like the 24th of February. And um, I had it was actually my first day of university, so I'd um, I'd been to uni that morning I think, and then I'd come home and I was actually doing a driving lesson. Um, My mum was taking me to my little driving lesson with the the guy that you know drives you around. My conductor, what is it? Conductor, Uh, instructor, instructor, god, conductor. (laughs) Um, and so I was, um, I was actually, uh, yeah, on my way to the driving, um, the driving kind of, uh, practice and I walked past my dad's bedroom and he was laying on his bed and I remember thinking, so this was like two o'clock in the afternoon, I think, or maybe, maybe it was a little bit earlier and, and I remember thinking, oh, it's strange that my dad's, you know, laying down in the middle of the day and mum said, oh, you know, poor dad, he's, um you know, had some bad news at work and he's just, um, you know, he's really, he's really exhausted. And I was like, oh, okay. And so, um, I just, just have that vivid memory of like just walking past his room and seeing him sort of laying on his side and seeing his back was to me kind of thing. Anyway, off we went to the driving lesson and whatnot and, um, came back and my mum was, so my mum had picked me up from the, the driving lesson and we were, um, Five minutes from home, we stopped in at the service station near our house and um, mum filled up the car and she sent me in to go and pay. While I was uh, in there, my mum got a call from this random number on her mobile and the person said, "Uh, are you, um, you know, are you Mike's partner? And mum was like, "Uh, yeah. And he was like, oh, he's had a bit of a fall. He's had a bit of a fall. And um, mum was like, what? And so anyway, what I failed to mention was like a few hours had gone – by and dad had gotten up and gone to university as well, so he was actually studying at the same university as me, like updating his IT credentials. So, um, he is like, a, yeah, a mature age student, um, and was also sort of back for his first few days of uni. So, this person was basically saying, um, Mike's had a had a bit of a fall. Um, I'm just a, I'm just with him at. University. I think he's going to maybe go to the hospital. So I'll give you a call back once I know what's happening. Mm. So we were just sort of like, like, oh, gosh, had a fall. That's awful. We just sort of thought that dad had like tripped over or something. Um, We were waiting for this person to call us back. I think half an hour went by, Uh, still nothing. So we were like, started calling the number. No one was answering. I think an hour went by, still nothing. And so, we, and we just weren't hearing back from this person.
0: Where were you? Where were you guys when this was all playing out in the the servo? So you just were waiting
1: there for. we were in the back. car. Yeah, in the car, sitting there, and then we, and then so we just thought, oh, we better sort of went. Okay, well, he's at the uni campus at Gardens Point, so he's going to be at the RBH. Is the closest hospital. So we were like, I guess we'll just drive there. Like, we don't have any other way. Of, like, what are we going to do? So we just drove to the hospital blindly at this point trying to call us, like, call our sisters and sort of say, oh, like, just saying, you know, we got this call. Like, you know, we think he's fine, but we just, um we haven't heard back from this person. So we're going to... Because it was just you and your mum, right? Yeah, just me and my mum. Yeah. So what ended up happening was we got to this hospital and we just walked into their emergency thing and we were like, hey, we think our dad might have been admitted here. We got this phone call. We haven't heard anything. You know, can you just let us know? Eventually, these people came over and said, oh, yes, he's being worked on. He's being worked on um, at the the university and he's, he'll be coming through in an ambulance. And we were just like, oh, okay, Jesus. Like, again, still no real details, but saying he's being worked on. Mm. We started to get worried, of course. By this point, we'd sort of called on my sisters and were like, you guys need to try and get here. And so at this point, we were waiting in the emergency room for an hour or so and still hadn't heard anything. And then we got ushered into this room and this sort of social worker was assigned to us. And they just kept saying, again, there was just no details being said at all. It was just sort of us being ushered into this room and they were like, oh, this is, you know, such and such Um, She's a social worker here. And we were just like, okay. And at this point, just really thinking what the hell is going on.
0: Were you worried at that point or were you just a bit? When that
1: social worker came in, I saw my mum's face. And I remember she said, this is not good like that's that was the immediate that was like the penny drop moment of like okay what the hell i finally got onto my sister leah and was just like by that and i that's when i i knew as well because once leah answered the phone i just started crying i was like we don't uh," like and it just couldn't get out what i was trying to say because i also didn't know what was going on that's when i knew like i knew because i was like the emotion took over me and i couldn't even get my words out and i had to pass the phone to my mum and she said leah you know, get to the hospital. This has happened. We don't know what's going on, but just get here. Finally, my sister arrived. And then also all three of my sisters were there, myself and my mum. And I remember this um, social worker was then like, so is everyone here now? And we were like, um, yep. And then at that point, these two, like almost immediately, these two police officers walked in and they just said, we're sorry, Michael's passed. And that was literally like that was all we were. That's all we said, and we just like so it went from nothing to your dad's dead, and it, we just like, you know, when you see those really like visceral reactions in you know movies and things like that, where people just collapse to the floor and like wail and everything like that. That's literally what happened to every single one of us, you know, um, and yeah, I just remember my knees being on the floor and just wailing um, into my hands and I remember remember my mum was just like saying no 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 and like sort of fell to her side and it was just like so awful. From that point we obviously got a few more details and they basically said that dad had had a heart attack walking along the footpath of the university and um, had died pretty much instantly we had been waiting for, I think, about three hours by the time we got told. Oh, wow. Um, and what they'd been doing was waiting for, to get his body here with
0: his belongings and stuff. So, when they said they were working yeah. on him, they weren't really? They weren't. Um, but that's, you know. Was he actually at the hospital at that point?
1: Or you don't- Well, yeah, I think he'd um, been pronounced dead already at the scene and so they um, had you know, put him in an, like put his body in an ambulance and, you know, driven, driven it to the hospital. Mm. um Because not long after that, they like, you know, handed us his belongings.
0: I mean, I know that those sorts of things for people in those professions like happen so often. So I don't know if it's like meant to be that transactional, mm. but it almost like you telling me this, I've never been in your shoes. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't have anything to compare it to but just you just the way that you described it it seems so transactional mm. i don't want to say insensitive but almost insensitive like i don't yeah. know to me it just i don't know if i'm you know led astray a little bit because of tv shows and movies and stuff but you always see like doctors coming out mm. and telling people mm. that sort of news and this to me it just seems crazy that you just had these two police officers just drop that on you like that mm. so obviously it happened quite suddenly for him Mm. do you know of like any health issues or anything like or was it very out of the blue for you guys
1: i mean he was 58 um so he certainly wasn't like young but he was also 58 is very young to die of a heart attack right so he was you know as we learned quite stressed he was a you know self-employed like software um computer programmer so just you know worked really hard and um like any self-employed person took a lot of that you know stress on Mm. i think he had high cholesterol and all those sorts of things that you know men in that age bracket have but for all intents and purposes he was you know a relatively healthy guy really active still like did lots of stuff around the house so yeah there was nothing really that um indicated that that's something that was gonna happen as you know is often the case with heart attacks
0: You know, there's no doubt that this came as a huge shock to all of you, just, you know, especially the way that the news was delivered to you guys in the hospital. Talk to us a little bit about, like, how you dealt with those initial stages of processing that information. Did you lean on your sisters a lot? You sort of
1: go into, like, survival mode. I mean, it's crazy just the things you have to do when the, you know, these awful things happen to you, right? Like the your world has just come crashing down around you, but, like, you still have to get in the car and drive home, like, mm. after hearing this awful news. Like, do you know what I mean? Just all these things and, like, I had to call up my job and tell them that I won't, you know, won't be coming in tomorrow. Like all of these bizarre things that you sort of, like, you know, when you're driving home and the radio is playing some happy song and, like, you're just you just in this shock, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I remember what happened that night. It was because it was a Tuesday and I remember just all of these people came over, like all, a lot of my mum's friends, all of our friends. I remember the house was packed with like 30 plus people. Mm. Um, And I remember my mum's my friends were just pouring my mum all of this wine. And I remember my mum pretty much like passed out at, like, 9 o'clock um, in her bed just, you know, engulfed by grief and, you know, exhaustion and see wine. Mm-hmm. um, And, yeah, you're just kind of in shock. And I think all of us sisters dealt with it in a different way. I, in a weird way, because I knew how hard my dad worked and I knew what he would want for us, I didn't go down the path of, like, I just kept saying to myself, Dad would not want you to be – you know, curled up in bed for mm. however long, crying about him being gone. He'd want you to get yourself together, keep going to uni, you know. And I think that's what a lot of us did. Like I know my mum, my mum's very stoic and he's very much of that ilk as well where you, you know, no point sitting around crying about it. Get yourself up, get yourself together and mm. get on with, with life. And I, yeah, I think – I just drew strength from my Mm mum and my dad and just I think I had two weeks off work and two weeks off uni and went straight back into into sort of normal life
0: after that. So you mentioned your mum briefly then and how stoic she is. Can you talk a a little bit about like how she dealt with it? I mean I'm sure there was some sort of degree of her putting on a brave face Mm -hmm. for you guys as well given you guys were quite young. Yeah, I I can't imagine it's easy to lose your partner. And you're absolutely right, Rav. Like it's
1: we both lost the same person, but we had completely different relationships with them, yeah, and so my grief is gonna be completely different to my mom's, mm-hmm. and I think it's like so important to recognize that. um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. She put on a brave face. She never cried in front of anyone except us. She told us that, like she basically holds off crying for as long as she can until the door's closed, and she's, you know alone mm-hmm. and able to have that release so she definitely put on a brave face because my mum would have been like in her I think she was in her 40s still when my, mom, when my dad no, died so young so, and this and she'd been with my dad since she was 20 early 20s so like half her life yeah half her life the love of her life gone in an instant you know the huge there's just huge adjustments with that you know just it being in the house like this, everything would be reminding her that's yes. right.
0: And, and you guys as well. Yeah.
1: My mum actually still lives in the, the family home that we've – that my dad built, that we've lived in our entire lives. So there's, you know, constant reminders, which is good and bad. So – but mostly, as time goes on, it's mostly good.
0: It must have been really hard at first.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's crazy what things, like, remind you of him or what set you off, like, the smell of – like, for me, I just remember how many – um the house was just filled with flowers around that time which is lovely but for me the smell of like lilies and fresh flowers anytime i smell flowers it's like immediately back to that that sort of week of like oh sorry those couple of weeks of just being in a trance in a grief trance do you know what i mean yeah yeah so it's interesting what um what you know, like smells and memories um
0: you know trigger different so when you say it brings you back to that though do you feel like now because I'm assuming I know I've sent you flowers for your birthday before (laughs) so when you smell flowers and stuff now is it like a negative association still I know like it's it's a negative time in your life Mm. but despite you going back there mentally when you smell things like flowers and stuff does it make you not want things like that in your life
1: really good question no it doesn't it's actually this it's strange to say this like calming peaceful feeling because, um, like I said, it takes me right back to being in the house with my mom, like all my sisters and my mom. Like, all of us. You know what it's like when you're on the, like, cusp of adulthood and you're all doing your own things. And then
0: yeah.
1: all of a sudden you're all back in the house together and you're spending, you know, every day together for the, like, last couple of weeks while we're well, obviously in – Serious grief and obviously organizing funeral things and all that sort of stuff. So it was like, in a way, it was this nice memory of being with my family, reminiscing about dad. Because I remember we had like music playing and I was like making all these arrangements for for dad's funeral. And it was just like we were kind of in a way celebrating his life. So those, Mm. the smell of particularly lilies, it is quite a nice, peaceful, like peaceful feeling for me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's um like you said there's things that you wouldn't even think of mm. that would take you back there, right? Mm. Lilies are my favorite flowers. Now I'm just going to think I'm going to have that association, I feel like in my mind um yeah. of, with your dad. Yeah. Um okay, so you said you kind of went back to, you know, as much of a routine as possible kind of 2 weeks later. What were the next sort of 6 to 12 months like for you and your family?
1: Another really good question because I remember someone who was quite astute saying to me at the time, there's going to come a moment where the flowers stop, the cards stop, the phone calls stop, and that's when you're going to need a friend. Like that's when you're going to need people the most is when all of that lovely stuff that comes with in the first few weeks of losing someone when that stops Mm. that's when you're going to need a friend and that's exactly right like after the you know six to twelve month mark, you sort of expected to have gotten on with it in a way gotten over it you feel like if you haven't sort of progressed from from there that you're going to get judged and I guess also it's just going to come a time a point where sorry there's going to come a point where you stop talking about it and um you know get on with your life right so for me i just yeah i was obviously a year into uni at that stage and trying to um you know stick on the state straight and narrow and um but it was still that grief was still very much there like it doesn't
0: diminish and i remember you and i were talking about this recently as well it's like that photo that circulates sometimes where it's like a ball in a jar yeah the wall stays the same size, but the jar just gets bigger, right? So it's like your grief, the size of your grief doesn't change. Exactly, It's just everything else around you just. It grows, it grows around. You grow
1: around the grief. Exactly. And that's, it. when I remember when I saw that, I was like, oh, that just explains it so perfectly mm-hmm. because people genuine, genuinely used to think it was that you're you know it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and you eventually almost get over it but it's no it's like it stays exactly the same it has the exact same impact on your life. it's just that you grow around it so and that's that's
0: the best way I can describe it. You said like you know somebody mentioned to you that that's when you're gonna need a friend right when the flowers and cards and stuff stop did you were you in a relationship when this happened or were you single?
1: I was a very in a very tumultuous relationship on and off, um but he was very supportive um at the time but um but yeah it, it, it's funny because the friends that you, and I don't mean to like you know call anyone out or anything like that, but what that person said to me about like when you're gonna need a friend was so true, and I remember the people that I thought um would still be there for me in a year's time weren't. And it, you're, you're like, I was so surprised at the pe- the people that were there for me in, in, in a year's time.
0: When you say they weren't there for you, they weren't there for you to talk about that sort of thing or they just weren't in your life anymore?
1: Weren't, I guess, aware that I would still be going through this in 12 months' time. And, like, just because it's been 12 months doesn't mean that I don't want to talk about it anymore or, you know, that I'm not still a little bit fragile or all those sorts of things.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think um, also not to defend them, like I don't know them at all, but I think it's more also like potentially a maturity thing because I feel like as we get older we start to understand the importance of needing to talk about things and stuff. So totally, regardless of how much time it's been, like I know for me, having not been through something like that, probably the most traumatic thing that I've been through was all my divorce stuff, right, and it's like, that's two years on now and I tend not to talk about it that often, but I know that if I want to, my friends yeah. will be there for me for that. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think with that definitely just came with maturity though. So maybe it might have been something like that, but I know we talk a lot about relationships on this podcast. So do you feel like losing your dad at such a young age impacted the way that you approach like your romantic relationships moving forward?
1: I think it did in the early stages. Like I – um. I definitely, oh this is awful to say, but I definitely think some guys I was I was with um almost took advantage of the fact that I didn't have my dad around and like some of the treat like some of the treatment that I got from some guys was, yeah, I felt like if my dad was still around, they wouldn't have um, treated me like that. Like what?
0: Like, give us an example.
1: Like if I had this, you know, because my dad was, as I said, this lovely, gregarious guy, but like he was also super protective of his four daughters. So I feel like it, he was this foreboding presence to any kind of guy that tried to come through the front door, right? And when you take that away and it's just my little, my shy mom and, I, and all these you know, these four girls who, you know, like, I just feel like I was um, treated badly because like there weren't going to be any consequences from my family, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's 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 sad, but it's, it kind of goes back to that whole concept of how we as women sometimes need a male figure with us to feel safe yeah. if you're walking down the street, right? Yeah. Um, and that person doesn't need to be your brother or your dad. It's just a male presence. So I can imagine, like you said, you've got sisters, you've got your mum, there was no male in the house whether that be in the form of your dad or a brother. So people tend to lose that that responsibility almost yeah. of like a duty of care towards some, someone totally. sometimes I feel like. Yeah. And I
1: think I also, if my dad had been around as well, like he wouldn't have let me tolerate some of the things I tolerated. Like he'd be, like, well, what are you doing, Elle? Like, you know, you got to. So whereas I didn't have him there and so I just sort of let things, I let a few things go to the keeper that maybe I shouldn't have.
0: Mm. So, Yeah. What do you think you miss the most about your dad?
1: I think I miss – it's it's really sad that that he – well, it's bittersweet that he passed away, as I said, when we were like on the sort of precipice of adulthood. Like he passed away two weeks after our 18th birthday and we hadn't seen much of him in, that, in those two weeks because he'd been in New Zealand for work. And so I was really excited about like – kind of going to that next stage of our lives together as like, adults, like cause he'd worked his absolute ass off to get us to where we were, right? Like, as I said, he was self-employed, worked his fucking guts out and sent us to, you know, a private – all four of us to a private school so that we could have an like, education that, like, he didn't have and have, you know, opportunities that he didn't have. And I feel like he just – you know it's sort of the analogy of like collapsing at the finish line kind of thing like he got us there and then he didn't get to see where we went from there yeah. you know what i mean so i think that's for me the saddest thing because um yeah he like everything that i do and everything my sisters does is with him in mind cuz he, he we just always recognize how hard he worked for us and the opportunities that he um he made sure that we had Um, and I think that's what I miss the most I miss you know like I think he would have been I think he would have been super chuffed to see you know where we all went with our careers and Mm. I think he would particularly find what I do for a job now quite interesting and he'd really enjoy you know chatting to me about that at the end of the day and so all those kinds of things I really miss yeah
0: yeah I mean I have no doubt in my mind that You know, I don't know what happens after we pass away, but wherever he is, like, he would be so proud of you. Like, you are such an amazing woman. Oh, thanks, Rav. (laughs) I feel like I'm getting emotional (laughs) talking about this. What advice do you have for someone who might be struggling?
1: I think don't give up on on help. So I remember I tried to, I was encouraged to go to um, this university counsellor And so I sort of went into my uni and, you know, got into this room with this counsellor and it was, I remember it was super noisy and there was all this construction going on and she could barely um, hear what I was saying. So there was just like, you know, a disconnect there. And then um, she also said something in the vein of trying to um, console me or make me feel better. She said, if it makes you feel any better, he's not the first person to die on this campus, <gasps> and I just remember going, no. "What? What the fuck? Yeah, that is
0: so insensitive. It's so
1: insensitive." And I just was like, "Okay." Um, so that that was my bad experience, right? And I never went back to any. I never. I've literally never spoken to anyone ever again. Never, never seen a th- therapist. Never seen a counselor. No one, because that experience was so bad.
0: Oh, as I, I can imagine.
1: And I also remember her telling. It was very odd. She was like, "Question." She kept questioning my age. I said, oh, "I'm 18," and she kept saying, "You're not 18. You're." She's like, "You seem a lot older than 18." And I was like, "I don't know what else." to no, just, And how is that, that relevant? Bizarre. I know. It was very very bizarre. And so, my advice would be to people who've had a, you know, if that's been your first foray into trying to get help, don't give up. Go and see another person. If you, even if that person still isn't helping you in the way you need try another person like just don't give up because that kind of help is really important and it's if you don't get help at the time it manifests Mm. later on in life and um that's not good for anyone so that would be my advice is you know get get the help and, and don't give up
0: yeah i think that's really really helpful advice what about for people's partners and loved ones in their lives how do you think they can support someone who might be going through grief that's another really
1: good question and, and something that I at the time wish people would sort of whisper in the ears of some of my, like, um, loved ones mm. and boyfriends and whatnot. As you said before, people, you know, people don't know how to deal with grief, right? Like, if you're around it and you're not directly involved in it, it's – you don't know what to do. You're walking on eggshells. Do you Do you bring it up? Do you not bring it up? It's like it's hard to know what the right thing is right and again every person's grief is is different Mm -hmm. so there's no like hard and fast rule but my i know for me a lot of my friends um and boyfriends would not talk about it they thought that the best thing to do was just not mention it at all so on you know on the anniversary of his passing you know on the 24th of february i've had yeah, boyfriends who just like ignore me on the day because they just don't know how to respond, and and that's like the for me that was like the worst thing they could do, right? Yeah. When when someone's passed away or you've got other memories, and so if you're not talking about that person, reliving those memories, and like you've got nothing exactly. So for me, it's you know my advice would be to ask, you know, if you if you do have a friend or a partner who's lost um, you know someone very close to them. Don't be afraid to ask them what they want from you, what support they want from you. Ask them, like, you know, do you want to tell me some of the some of your favorite things about that person, or would you prefer that we, you know, or like, I know the anniversary is coming up, you know what what would, you know what would you like to do on that day? Would you want to? Um, go to your, you know, do you want to celebrate that person or do you want to um just go on watch a movie together and, um, you know, tune out for a bit, like yeah. approach it with the person rather than just getting weird and, you know, shutting off? Yeah. Um, that would be my advice.
0: Yeah, so just making sure that you're asking them like what they need. Yeah, what they need from you as a friend, yeah, or a partner. Yeah. No, I think that's super helpful. That combined with the whole therapy for the person who's actually going through it, I think – Is just so undervalued. Like people just don't. And to your point, like, you know, when you said that if you have a run in and it's not the right person for you, it's so normal for people who are seeking therapy for whatever reason to not just connect with the first person that you speak to. So, yeah, I I can't agree with you more on that. Like, And I was talking to you about my friend whose grandma passed away. She's quite a new friend of mine too and I – approached that situation the same way because her and I typically speak you know daily because we work together and yeah I was just like because I I am like I don't know how to approach it with people because it is Mm. something until you've been through something quite big yourself Mm. you don't really get what people are feeling so yeah I was just like what do you need how do you need me to be do you need do you not want to talk about it do you want to talk about it you just tell me and then and I think it makes a huge difference. 100%.
1: You actually remind me of another point. I remember back then, like I said, there was all kinds of different, like, approaches to people helping me with my grief. So there was the people that ignored me, the people that did talk to me about it, which I really appreciate. And then there was the other kinds of people who would say, like, oh, I know what you're going through. I, I absolutely know what you're going through. Like, when my grandfather died... it's not the same yeah like do not try to compare your grief with other people's grief like it's not the same like even my wonderful friend Killian who may be listening and will Debbie his partner might be listening you know his mother tragically passed away last year during COVID and you know he was on a flight when she passed away like so had to do the quarantine for two weeks like awful 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 situation right the most Worst case scenario, I could never imagine the grief that Killian would be feeling with that, right? Like I – even though I've lost a parent, it, it was under completely different circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I – you know, the last thing I wanted to say to Killian was, I know what you're going through because I – like that's just not fair. Yeah. So I think that's also a really important point is never try to compare your grief with other people's because um, we all process it in different ways and we all, um, you know – People die in different circumstances, so it's not it's not the same.
0: Completely agree with you there. That's such a good point to make. Ella, thank you so much for being so raw and honest today. I'm sure that that wasn't easy for you to talk about. I know we're now recording in person so I could see the emotion on your face when you're talking about some of those things. Um, and it's just a testament to, like, it doesn't matter how much time passes. it's These sorts of things are always really, really difficult to talk about. So thank you so much. Thank
1: you, Rav. No, I really appreciate it. Thanks for treading so carefully with me on this really sensitive topic. But I appreciate being given the platform to you know, share my experience, um, particularly for anyone that's gone through it in the last, you know, 18 months with COVID and, and that sort of stuff. Like I said, I'm not comparing my experiences to anyone else, but if I, if some of the things that we've spoken about today helps people process what's happened or, or deal with a friend, um, who's
0: lost a loved one, then I'm, I'm, you know, happy to have helped in some way. Yeah, I'm sure this is going to be hugely helpful to so many people. Thank you so much again, Ella, and thank you to everyone who tuned in today as well. We will Let's catch you guys go. next time. No one can do bye, guys. Bye.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods